Welcome to the Holy City Church podcast station. This is Pastor Angel. If you missed Sunday's sermon or want to listen to it again, you're in the right place. We're glad that you can take the time to catch up as we go through God's Word together. So I hope you're ready. But if you're not, grab your Bible. Let's get ready for what God has in store for us today. says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota or a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called in the <coughs> sorry will be called least in the kingdom of heaven but whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven for i tell you unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and pharisees you will never enter the kingdom of heaven for us to be able to know who you are and what you're doing with us lord father we we just thank you because everything always points to you father Everything is never about us. It's always about you. You just so happen to use us as the tool, Father, to glorify who you are, Lord. And, Father, we ask that as we take and read this now, Lord, that you be the one to speak. That, that words that I speak may not be mine, but yours, Lord. And that you soften our hearts, Lord, and open our minds to receive whatever it is that is here. Father, again, thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. John Newton, uh, I don't know if you know who John Newton is. He's, a, he's the writer of the song Amazing Grace uh, many years ago. He was actually a pretty good uh, writer, right? He loved to. He said, ignorance of the nature and design of the law is at the bottom of most of our religious mistakes. And I want to read this to you again because this is very, very important. It says, ignorance. Of the nature and design of the law is at the bottom of most of our religious mistakes. I want to give you a minute to kind of think through that because this is true then when he wrote this, and this was many years ago. Uh, he passed away long ago. Uh, this song has been going on for decades almost. And it's so true, that statement is so true in his time, of course, because he wrote it, right? So he was living this out. He was seeing this happen. But not only that, we have many years later, and it's so true in our time as well. You know, Newton was able to identify a problem during his time that is still in effect the day that we live today. There are so many Christians who are talking about new converts, Right? Because, of course, when somebody just comes to Christ, usually they're, they're still kind of, oh, I'm not sure what this means. You know, I'm a little bit confused. It sounds like a contradiction. What is this, right? Because we're just coming in. We're not just talking about newcomers. We're talking about veterans, those who have been in the church many years, many years, who still don't quite fully understand the law. 
So they live their life based on assumptions and ideas because they have a misunderstanding of the law. So they live however they want to live. They live thinking things that are not the case. Maybe they even lack willingness to want to understand, but the fact that they don't understand pushes them to live a life that's not really what's supposed to be. And of course, this has developed, and this lack of understanding creates two extremes. The first one is we start to think that we are separated from the law. So therefore, we don't have to worry about anything. We can just live however we want. Right? You hear that a lot. Well, now we're free so we can live however we want. And many have come to a belief that the Old Testament and the New Testament have nothing to do with each other. And that includes the law. It's like almost like we created two different gods and said, well, there's a God of the Old Testament, and he was very mean. He was very hard on people. And he had laws that, man, I've never, never follow. But then there's a New Testament God. Oh, he's so nice. He's so loving. Uh, he said, oh, don't worry about the law. It's all right. I got it. So, of course, they live the way they want to live. So they think just because God deals with us differently, because that's all there. Oh, the, the Old Testament, oh, I was doing that wrong. Let me try. No, 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 no. He knew what he was doing. He was doing it right. But he just, he knew even before the New Testament, he was going to do, you know, he was going to act that way before the New Testament was even a New Testament, if you know what I'm saying. So just because we, he looks like, right, just because we think that God deals with us differently, right, means that the Old Testament law doesn't apply anymore. And now somehow we have a new law that kind of overwrites the old law, so therefore, who cares? So then we develop this idea that we can live however we want because God would just forgive us. Right? He's just going to forgive us. So do whatever you want. He's going to forgive you. Ah, he's a nice God. Don't worry. I was watching, uh, I was trying out this, this new uh, uh, station, AGTV. I don't know if you guys seen it before. Brand new. Finally made it to the Roku this weekend. Uh, haven't subscribed. I recommend you taking a look at it. It's uh, called AGTV. It's really good. Very good. Uh, there's this show called The Way of the Master, right? Um, I'm sure some of you might have heard this show. Uh, it's not on TV, so it's you the streets. And there was this, uh, there was this guy, uh, Ray Comfort. I don't know if you know who he is. He was preaching, and he was he was preaching out on the on the street, right? Where a bunch of people were gathered. And he was teaching. And he was preaching the gospel. And then this lady, you know, showed up, came up to him. And he said say the same thing to her. And she said, hey, what's the point if God is just going to forgive us anyways? So you see, this, this natural mentality of thought that we have that says, what's the point of doing anything if God is just going to forgive us? So what we do is we take that same thought and we bring it into the Christian walk. We say, well, that kind of makes sense. What's the point, right? If he's going to forgive us anyways... I could just do whatever I want, and then eventually I just, God, please forgive me, and it's all done, right? So bring that. So we have this idea, with this extreme idea that we don't need to worry about 
any laws in the Old Testament because we're going to be forgiven. One by one, word for word, letter for letter, in order to be right with God and obtain salvation. Right? We set the law as the main source of our salvation. It says we must do everything in there and then God will be happy with us. And since God is happy with us, then we're going to be saved. Because, of course, we did everything he asked of us. Right? We read the Bible many times. We prayed many times. We walked the lady across the street many times. We did all these awesome things that the Bible says. We did it. And then what happens is we have this over-righteous people, right? This is what Doug called the super-Christians, right? We have those super-Christians who do everything, right? We, we hate talking to these people because, you know, anytime we approach those people, they, they're going to be like, oh, I did everything perfect. You're doing everything wrong. And it's just going to make you feel like, you know, you're, you're pretty much useless. We ask the Pharisees that they look righteous, right, on the outside. You see them and they're perfect. Man, they dress perfect, they smile all the time, they say the right things, they give you the perfect advice, but inside, well, they're really just rotten. They're dead inside. Or, or like the young rich ruler who approached Jesus and was talking about how he keeps all the laws, right? He's like, oh, I've kept every law, every single one of them. But when he was asked to give up everything, and follow Christ, he said, no, 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 I'm good, right? These two extremes are very dangerous. And see, Jesus was aware of this problem. So that means this problem is not just our problem. This problem was a problem dated back to then. He knew who his audience was at that time that he was speaking this sermon. He knew the people that were there. He knew where his disciples were coming from. He knew what the teachings that they were used to hearing. Jesus knew very well that the Pharisees were teaching this. They were teaching Pharisees and the scribes so many times in the Bible. All the time with the same thing. They were trying to be righteous with their own deeds. And they were completely destroyed within the inside. So he called them out so many times. There was a problem in Jesus' time. And it's a problem in our time. Which is why this part of the sermon is very important. Because we have this problem. Those two extremes that I talked about, I'm sure you guys heard many times from somebody. I know I have. And maybe many of us have had this problem in the past. right? We've all been there where we're just starting. We've all been newcomers at some point. Even me. Right? We've all been there. Maybe there's some of us still struggling with that. Maybe some of us don't quite understand the law very well. You may actually be sitting here right now asking yourself the same question. Okay, is this law then, does it apply to us? Or does it not? Should we just discard it? What do we figure it out? Uh, you'll be fine. Whatever you think your convictions are, go ahead and go with that. No, no, he's, he's going to answer them, right? He's not afraid to tackle this reality that we, that we see over and over with, with churches nowadays. 
We see this all over the world. We see this in, in, in throughout history. There's no place that's ever been off from this. And say, well, no, this doesn't happen any, anywhere. Anywhere. When you start seeing this movement where a lot of people are coming to Christ, eventually as things get bigger, you know, Satan sees that and he says, the devil goes, oh, <laughs> really? Let's look what I'm about to put in here. And puts one of those seeds. So eventually any big, any, anywhere in this world, you're going to see a little bit of these extremes. No one's immune to it. But I do have to warn you, though, that this part of Jesus' sermon is very, very profound. There's very theological, and I don't want to do that. Jesus brings up the law and the prophets, right? And just with that, you can say, well, okay, can we talk about the law or can we talk about the prophets? Right? Because he says he came to fulfill the law and what the prophet says. So we can go either direction, but I want to kind of stay focused on the law itself. We can look at the prophets another day. So if I do miss something, probably have, might have something to do with that. This is, this is super deep, and I don't have all morning to do it, or those sandwiches go bad. So if I do miss something, please stay after. Ask me the questions. Oh, you didn't mention this. Is this still true or not? Or if you don't understand, please ask. Don't be afraid. But we are going to focus specifically on the law in the kingdom of God, right? We've had a couple of messages already. Christ, Jesus in the sermon already spoke about what it is our attitude should be and what our approach should be at things, right? He, he talked about how we got to be salt and light of this world. We know that, right? But if you haven't noticed by now, there's something that kind of plays a really big part in everything that's being said. And it's our seeking righteousness. It's us seeking righteousness. Righteousness plays a huge part of everything that Jesus is saying. You look at everything, and it's about seeking and doing the right thing. But it's not righteousness based on our opinions, right? It's, it's a righteousness based on what Christ, what God says is right. So we're to seek righteousness, but we're to seek the correct righteousness. Because if I could seek righteousness, it's what I think is right. I can go seek that. That's not the case. It's what God says is right. Right? We're, looking, we're going to look at what Jesus said about the law, and you're going to notice that it's no different than it has been. It's about wanting to do the right thing. It's about being righteous. And anytime we have this conversation about the law, it always takes us right back to what it is to be righteous. So when it comes to righteousness, it's important that we understand that the law is what is used to measure our righteousness. The law is what we compare ourselves to see how good we are or not. But we first have to answer the question, what laws in this verse is referring to. Remember a long time ago, uh, I don't know if it was Bible study or here, because now it's just a one big blur uh, of different teachings, and after a while it just kind of all comes together in one, into one. So I always say whenever you see they're talking about the law, try to find out which law they're talking about. 
right? There's many different ways to look at the law. There's many ways that means the law. Jesus is referring to, uh, the g- referring to God's Mosaic law in the Old Testament. This is the law that was given specifically to the nation of Israel, which we can see in the first book of the Old Testament. This is what we know as the Torah. So when in these verses, when Jesus is talking about the law, he's talking about everything in the Torah. So basically everything that Moses said, right? He talks about everything includes from commandments, commands, instructions, principle, morals, all that. He's talking about all that. You're going to see how that kind of plays out. It's also very important that we understand these laws because these laws, it, it is what reveals the holy character of God. This is His holy standards. You look at the laws, you look at the commandments, you look at everything God is doing in the Old Testament, and this is a picture of perfection. This is what perfection looks like. If you follow every single one of those laws to the, to the dot, to the word, like the Pharisees tried to do, it's perfection. And this is a reflection of who God is. Lie. You know, because lying is wrong and it hurts people, so therefore he doesn't, he's not a liar himself, right? It's a reflection of who God is. And it allows us to see that we shouldn't just come to God lightly and we shouldn't just be like, what's up, God? How's it going up there? Right? No, we're coming to a holy God, a perfect God. So the law allows us to see how good and perfect he is. So when we approach God, we don't approach God as just somebody. We approach God as the almighty creator. Now, it not only is the law sets the nation of Israel apart, but as you're going to see, it's intended to set those in the kingdom of God apart as well. We're definitely going to see this play out as we continue. And ultimately, it is important because it is used to reveal the sinfulness of men. The law, when you look at the law and you compare it to yourself, you're going to see how sinful you are every single time. If you ever want to measure yourself to see how good you are, don't use your own standards. Don't use the standards on any book. Use God's standard. And you're going to see how good you really are. For example, if you say you're a good person, you know, and I can ask you, hey, have you ever, you know, lied or stolen anything? Smallest little thing. It could be a little eraser that didn't belong to you, but you took it anyways because you didn't see anyone with it. Say, oh, this doesn't belong to anyone, so I'll take it. It belongs to somebody. You just took it. You didn't know who it belongs to, but you still took it, right? That little bit, just a small little thing, right? You say, well, have you? And you say, like, yeah, pretty much. That's it. You're no longer good. You already violated one of the commandments. Therefore, you're no longer good. Because that's a standard. That's a standard of perfection. And we can't. He wastes no time. And he starts by tackling the idea that we can just forget about the Old Testament laws. And that they don't apply to us. And he even tackles the idea that we can live however we want to. Look at verse 17. It says, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. He was talking about the law. And he was talking about the, what the prophets uh, did, right? Remember, we're just going to focus on the law in specific today. He said, I did not come to abolish them, 
I came to fulfill them. So what does it mean? Is he overthrowing the law? Is he saying, delete the law, don't worry about the law, I got it. Is that what he's saying? And before I answer you that question, we have to remember, uh, if you remember correctly, Jesus taught that is not by our works or by our ability to keep the law that we earn salvation. Right? He mentions this many times. You see this throughout the New Testament. It is not by your me- it's not by your actions that you win salvation. But to remember what Jesus said in the beginning of the sermon, we are broken in spirit. We have nothing on Christ. Everything. If Jesus had come to erase the law, so we don't have to live by the law, then there's no real effort for us to keep the law. What's the point of any one of us being good? Period. And I'm talking about what's the point of me not shooting up everyone or punching everyone in the face or stealing everyone's money? What's the point? I'm just going to be saved anyway, right? So clearly, that's not what he came to do. He didn't come to delete the law. To answer your question, no, this doesn't mean that Jesus came to destroy or erase what God said in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, he didn't even come to contradict it or to fix it. He didn't come to say, well, God made a mistake in the Old Testament. Let me fix what he said. That's not what he came to do. He did anything to the law. He actually never taught everyone anything about separating the laws or just scrapping the laws he never said there was a new law forget about the other one here's the new one he never said hey old testament and new testament two different books don't worry about it focus on minds only i've been told before when you preach just preach on the new testament don't worry about the new test just just preach the new testament it's like yeah i preach a lot of the new testament but that's a lot of the Old Testament I reference to. You know what I mean? You can't just scrap the Old Testament. That's as important as the New Testament. I mean, at time mentioned, we just went through the... Christ gives us commands in the New Testament. And if you look at those commands, it's like a mirror, spitting image of the Old Testament. Then we can see Jesus quote the Old Testament and he referenced the Old Testament over and over again. So what Jesus did do, he came and fulfilled the law. See, God knew that we were never going to be able to meet those requirements. No matter how much we try, we were always going to fail. He knew that. So Christ came to fulfill it. Not to abolish it. And he did that. He did that for us. And you can see that. How exactly did he do that? Jesus fulfills the law in the way he lived. And he shows us what the law really means in the way that he lived his life. I mean, if you see his doctrines, what he teaches, every single one of those doctrines starts spiritually first. 
So he lives those fulfillments. He lives it as an example so we can understand what it is to follow the law. Because Jesus followed the law perfectly. Better than anyone. I mean perfectly, I mean really perfect. And he shows us how perfect it is to follow those laws. And he did it with the way he teaches. I mean, you see it in his deeds and the way he lived his life. If you want to truly compare and truly analyze and truly uh, uh, examine and test if Jesus is who he is, he says he is, all you got to do is look at his life. That's all you got to do. Look at what Jesus lived. Tell me if anyone has ever lived a life the way Jesus lived. He lived righteously. And at no point did he ever feel any burden of living this way. Thus, the penalty of breaking the law. He says, this is the penalty that you guys deserve for breaking the law. Which is what? Death. What did he do? He took that punishment. He took that punishment for us. He took what we deserved. He took it for us. And finally, when Jesus fulfilled the law in his disciples, which is the central focus of what we're looking at here, by God fulfilling the law, the requirements of the law, it will now be fulfilled in us as we walk according to the Spirit. Through the Spirit, He writes the law in our hearts. And He writes it in those who truly follow Him. And then once we have that law written in our hearts, we then fulfill the desires, the selfish desires, what I want, what makes me feel good. How I can live my best life now. But then when he changes those desires, now your desires are godly desires. Those desires to follow his will, those desires to do what he says to do. See, this Holy Spirit allows us to understand the law. And he allows us to understand how it goes hand in hand with the gospel. And therefore, we understand how to live according to the truth of the gospel. You can't divide the law and the gospel. They go together. So in simple terms, God fulfills the law in us, right? Through the Holy Spirit. He changes who we are. He writes the laws in our hearts. And then what we do? We live by those laws. We follow His commandments. So knowing that, you now see how he didn't just come to separate us from the law, but instead he gives us a desire to follow the law. And if that's not enough, you still want to be in denial. You say, no, 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 I can live the way I want to. Look, clarifies it. Verse 19. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of these, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom. There's not a single letter, not a single dot in his law is going to be deleted until it's all done. And when he says it's all done, we're talking about 
you know, future events, it's all done. No worry about the law anymore because now we're in heaven. Until then, he's saying, not until then will any of these laws will be deleted. And if anyone teaches and anyone lives differently than that, saying that, no, you, it's okay, don't, don't worry about the law. If anyone... For him, if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, then he should cause one of these little ones to sin. If you're one of those who are preaching and saying, hey, don't live the law, don't worry about it, you'll be fine, right? You're teaching someone to, you're being a tripping stone, you're teaching someone to sin. So it's better for you to just hang yourself and throw yourself in the sea. And if that was enough, even after Jesus went and ascended to heaven, right? The same message was being preached by the apostles. Look at Paul, Romans chapter, uh, Romans 3, verse 31. Do we then overthrow the law by his faith? Says, by no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So here we go again. Paul tells us we don't discard the law. But in reality, because of what has taken place in our hearts. We have a desire to follow the law, to live according to the law. Okay, we got we to gotta follow these laws, okay? We can't just delete them, clearly. I mean, if you're still thinking that you can delete the laws and forget about them, maybe we should have a conversation after, I don't know. But by now, it's clearly he's saying, no, you must follow these laws, right? But then... We come to the second extreme, right? Because sometimes we don't understand it either. So what we do? We live religiously. Now we live like if it was a religion. We have all these traditions that we must follow in order to be saved. So Jesus is not talking about having a desire to follow the law in a religious manner. That's not what he's saying. He said, you're going to follow the law, but not religiously. Look at what it says in verse 20. For I tell you, unless the righteousness exceeds, look at unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So for those who think they're super Christians, right, and are saved because you do this and you do that all the time, I do everything, oh, I, yes, 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 I do all the things I got to do, I check mark, I have a list, I'm just saying that, for you to enter the kingdom of God based on your righteousness, you have to be more righteous than the Pharisees. That's interesting. You're saying, whoa, wait a second. I thought we couldn't be righteous, right? We couldn't follow these laws perfectly. Why even, right? So let me try to, let me try to make sense of this, right? This is a little bit tricky, okay? So let me try to help you make sense of this. Remember, the Pharisees were very obedient, Right? They followed the laws very good. They were very good at following laws. Right? But these were external obedience. They externally followed the law. They did everything they had to do. But they were really rotten inside. They weren't doing it for the right reasons. They weren't doing it the right way. If you don't know, the Pharisees and the scribes were very obedient to the law. They kept and they follow every single part of the very good at following those laws. Every, very good. 
As a matter of fact, there's a story in 1992 about a group of Jews who let some buildings burn down because it was burning down on the Sabbath and calling the police and the firemen was a violation of the Sabbath. So by the time they were arguing about whether should we call the police or not so they could come bring the fire guys and put the fire out, by the time they were done and decided, you know what, maybe we should, the buildings were already burned down. That's how, that's how well they follow these laws, that they would let a building burn down just so they don't have to break the law of the Sabbath. They were religiously and legalistically will follow these laws. And then Jesus is saying that the righteousness that the Pharisees held is not enough. I mean, these guys were letting bur buildings burn down. But he's, Christ is saying, it's not enough. It's not enough. And it's not enough because our righteousness needs to come from within first, spiritual first. Our righteousness must surpass that of the Pharisees and the scribes, but in the sense that we must have an internal obedience before we can have an external obedience. See, the Pharisees' focus was externally. Let me look as cool as possible. Let me look as good as possible. Let me do the right thing as possible so people can be like, wow, this guy's really, really good, right? Oh, this guy does all the right things. That's what they were doing. We should start within ourselves. But we must also remember that this change to obey internally doesn't just come from us. We can't just say, hey, I'm just going to obey internally, obey internally and be good internally. Oh, okay, I'm changing my heart. I changed my heart overnight. I'm a changed man. Give me a second chance. His righteousness is placed in us. By the Holy Spirit, and this is what changes us internally. And then He works internally first, and then that's how He makes it out. Then those deeds that you do are good. Then those commands that you follow, you're doing it for the right reasons, because it starts internally first. So not only does Christ justify us with His righteousness, He then transforms us. Then he sanctifies us. And I like how St. Clair puts it. That the law is not the basis on which we merit salvation. But it does provide a test to distinguish between those who belong to the kingdom of salvation and those who are outside of the kingdom of salvation. That is the test. If you're following the laws from inside out, test yourself. Why are you listening to God, why are you following Christ's commandments? Bottom line is that our righteousness must be real. Unlike the Pharisees. And if our lives are not reflecting this internal change, it is because we are not righteous at all. I know this is a lot, you know, to take in, right? It's a lot to take in. I mean, look, examine your life. You say, well, <laughs> it's tough, right? It's heartbreaking. 
heartbreaking to see those who call themselves Christian, who call themselves followers of Christ, read the Bible and say, well, I can live however I want, even though Christ is telling you, if you love me, follow my commandments. It is heartbreaking to see those continue to reject. It's heartbreaking to think that you can make it on your own. and you're like, I could do this on my own. When every single day, the moment you wake up, you're constantly failing and you don't even realize it. You don't want to, of course. But if I had to summarize everything, right? You say, well, it's a lot of information. You know, this is more, this is less preachy, more teachy. I get it. But if you have to go home with something, understand that the law did not get deleted when Christ came. He did not say, okay, I'm fulfill the law and I abolish it. No, he did not say that. And at the same time, we're not saved because we are righteous. We, we righteously follow the law either. We're not saved because we are going to follow the law. I'm going to follow the law so I can be saved. That's the other extreme. That's not how he's done. That's not how it works. We live out the law because it has been written in our hearts by Christ's fulfillment of it. When he says, I fulfill the law, that means he wrote it in your heart. Which means because Christ saved us first, our lives must reflect the law that is written in our hearts. That includes the right understanding of the law. must understand the true definition of the law and what God is saying through those laws. We can't see it as just rules and regulations. That's not what the Old Testament is. Those five books is not just rules and regulations. There's more to that. If you're reading those books and you're saying, well, these are just laws, you're reading it wrong. And of course, Jesus being the great teacher that he is, he's going to take the time to clarify the law looking at the most vicious and most destructive part and sinful actions in our lives. And I'm not going to talk about it today. I'm going to leave that for next week. Okay? Hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, would like to connect or listen to our library sermons, jump right over to our website at www.holycitychurch.us. Again, we want to thank you for listening. And remember, this podcast is not intended to replace your time at the church. So we hope you have a blessed week and talk to you again next week on Catch Up with Holy City Church.